are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. As we come to one of the most, well, it's the season of the year. I can recall when I was a boy, I felt that every day of the year was made for one day. And I always numbered every day, every day as to how long it had been since Christmas or how long it was until Christmas. And uh, this is Christmas time. And I want to speak this morning on the subject Christmas is. Christmas is a lot of things. Christmas is a Christmas tree with bright, shining lights and multicolored rope and an angel placed majestically at the top. Christmas. Christmas is a Salvation Army lass zealously ringing a bell in the downtown section, pleading with someone else to drop just one more gift for those who are poor into a black pot. Christmas is silent night echoing through the halls of a shopping mall. Christmas. Christmas is some earmuffed youth standing in snow in front of a rest home, singing joy to the world the Lord has come. Our silent night, holy night, our old little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Our heart the herald angels sing, or the first Noel. Christmas is a Santa Claus sitting in a little booth in a shopping center, holding a weeping child who's begging for release. (laughs) Reconciliation with his mother, who has impatiently waited all year for this ordeal. Christmas. Christmas is waiting in an airport on tiptoes for a grandchild who won't recognize you when you see him. Christmas. Christmas is brownies and cookies and fruitcakes and calories. And nuts and calories and pecan pies and calories. Christmas. Christmas is flashing lights shining in a window upon stockings hanging on a nearby fireplace. Christmas is midnight before the day, nervously trying to find where slot B is, so you can connect tab A. In finding that the electric train they sent instead of an engine, a used electric razor. Christmas is trying to remember if Uncle George is 38 around the waist or the neck. <laughs> 17 is his shirt size or his shoe size. Christmas is a school play where a group of little devils play little angels for one night a year. An angel suddenly 
have their shirt tails hanging out the back. Christmas is reindeer and sleighs and earmuffs and runny noses. Christmas is Uncle Joe giving you a tie that you gave him last year. Christmas is, is not getting your mother-in-law what you would like to give her. <laughs> because it's against the law. Christmas is tiptoeing to hide the children's presences. They watch out of the closet and say, ain't that dumb. <laughs> Christmas is firemen remaking old toys to look like new. Our churches delivering Christmas baskets. Christmas is dad opening a pair of socks that cost him $800. Christmas is decorated houses as sightseers gaze admiringly and appreciatively. Christmas is a flat-busted dad pondering his plight to the poor house. Christmas is tearful loved ones waiting goodbye. Or a lonely Christmas tree awaiting its eulogy and internment, remembering the activity of a brief life that was born in gaiety, enjoyed in reveling, in delightfulness, and now, so soon, like our lives, has ended. Christmas is a baby throwing his gift away and playing with the box. <coughs> Christmas is a dad playing with an electric train. He unselfishly bought for his son, who is to be born in three months. That's Christmas. Christmas is a husband admiring the tool set he got for his wife. <laughs> but in all of it, it's a wonderful, wonderful season, isn't it? It means a cantata, a play, a turkey, a carol, a tree, a gift, a smile, a tear, a sacrifice, a lonely heart, a happy soul. Christmas is so many things. But somehow, methinks, that we haven't hit it yet. Christmas is all of these things and many more. But it seems that we have not really yet in this message hit the bullseye. What is it really? There's something missing. Oh, to be sure, most of these things, if not all, have some good and there's nothing wrong with buying a gift for your mother-in-law if you buy her what you would not want to give her and do not give her what you wish you could give her. There's nothing wrong with a Christmas tree, in my opinion, if it's 
meant to decorate the house at this festive occasion or season. There's nothing wrong with exchanging gifts. I think if those gifts are expressions of love, as were the gifts of the wise men who brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh and laid them at the feet of the Christ child. And there's nothing wrong with, I think, shopping a little extra bit to buy, perhaps for someone you love, a dress to replace the one that she's worn for 364 days. There's nothing wrong with that, I think. And I'm not one of these who would join with the Scrooges and say Christmas is wrong. I'm not one of these that would take away the joy of Christmas. I'm not wrong, not against any of our traditions. Though I don't think Christmas is the day on which our Lord was born. I think he was never born, but, he, but his coming to earth, I think, was not in December. I think April would be a far more accurate date than December. I don't think that Christmas is a holy day. We're admonished in Colossians chapter 2 that Jesus has nailed all the holy days to the cross. Every day is a holy day now. The next Sunday, December 25th, will be no more holy than this Sunday, December 18th. Or the next Sunday, January the 1st. Or the next Sunday, January the 8th. But old Dr. Bob used to say, Bob Sin used to say, every spot of ground is holy ground and every day is a holy day for a child of God. And we're reminded in Galatians chapter 4 that the Apostle Paul was a little bit concerned about the Galatian people who, who had uh, reverted to their old observance of holy days and holy seasons. No, uh, Lenten seasons are nailed to Calvary. Lent now is 365 days a year. Easter Sunday has been nailed to Calvary. Easter is now 52 times a year. And Christmas has been nailed to Calvary. Christmas is now every day. Every day we can sing joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive our King. Every day we can sing, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. One of the sad things about the Christmas carols is that they are Christmas carols. One of the sad things about this time of the year is that we, we relegate these, uh, these, uh, songs to the attic for the rest of the year and pull them out and sing these songs. We don't sing songs about the cross just once a year. We don't sing songs about blessings just once a year. But we take these songs that are so wonderful and so beautiful and say we'll not use you except one time a year. And that's sort of sad to me. But uh, but I'm not against the, the Christmas season. I, if it's properly handled as a time we just set aside once a year to especially thank God that Jesus came. I find nothing wrong with that. What is Christmas? It's Christmas trees, but it's more than that. It's families getting together, but it's more than that. It's shopping and giving, but it's more than that. It's mistletoe and holly, but it's more than that. What is Christmas? Really, what is it? What is it? Well, maybe it's a specimen day. Maybe, maybe it's a day that comes once a year to show us how every day of the year could be lived if we would chose to do so. Maybe it's that one time a year when we say, this is the way the Christian life ought to be lived. This is the smile we ought to have all the time. This is the spirit of giving we ought to enjoy all the time. This is the spirit of goodwill we ought to enjoy all the time. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe Christmas is that one day a year when we stand up on a pedestal and say, Folks, this is what we really feel like every day of the year ought to be. Well, the truth is, 
That old lady will still be in the restaurant the day after Christmas. And that ghetto family will still have an empty cupboard the week after Christmas. And that aged great-grandmother will still be lonely when Christmas is over. And poor little boys and girls will still need shoes and clothes. And and, and poor little poverty-stricken families will still need some food to eat. Maybe, maybe Christmas could be worth it all if we just wrap up the spirit of Christmas and say, that's what we'll have all year long. For Jesus will be just as alive in January as he is in December. And the poor we'll still have with us. And the hungry will still be unfed. And the naked will still be unclothed. And the poor will still be uncared for. And every ingredient that brings us joy on Christmas will still be present when Christmas is all over. I've said so many times. And I say it in one of my books. A little chapter I wrote on Christmas 365 days a year. If Christmas to you is opening presents, you can only have Christmas when folks send you presents. And if Christmas to you is giving presents, you can have Christmas anytime you want to give a present. If Christmas to you is palm up, then you can only have Christmas when folks have their palms down. But if Christmas to you is palm down, you can have Christmas 365 days a year. Indulge me in my vanity just for a moment, please. Allow me to be vain for just a moment as I give just a word of testimony. And those who know me best know this is true. I have Christmas all the time. I have Christmas all the time. And many of you have Christmas all the time. For those of you who pay the tuition for some poor little child who cannot go to a Christian school, you have Christmas every time the school doors swing open. Those of you who sacrifice and work on these bus routes and give, you have Christmas every Sunday morning when these buses roll. For those of you who live for others, you can have Christmas 365 days a year. If Christmas is giving, if Christmas is loving, if Christmas is sharing, if Christmas is praising, then maybe, maybe Christmas is a specimen day. For us to capture enough to last us the rest of the year. Yet I feel we haven't hit it yet. I think we've gone around in circles and tried to find what Christmas really is. We've stopped at the Christmas tree and, and, and though that's a part, that isn't yet the eye of the storm. And, and we stopped at the holly and the mistletoe and the gifts under the tree. And yet we've not yet completely hit the bullseye, I think. And yet we talked about Christmas giving, and yet still, that's wonderful, and I think we're getting close, but we have not yet quite really hit what is a real Christmas. What is Christmas? Maybe, maybe I can tell an illustration that I tell every year at this time. Maybe it'll get us closer to our answer. <coughs> Many years ago, like the first year I was pastor of this church, I think it was, I was out soul wedding one day on Christmas Eve afternoon. I knocked on a door over here on Columbia Street, north side of Hammond, just the other side of the tracks on Columbia, before you get to the oil refined oil tanks. A man came to the door. 
I said, my name is Jack Hiles. I'm pastor of First Baptist Church. I had a, had a, a, a prospect card in my hand, and I said, are you Mr. McBroom? And he said, yes, I am. And I said, Mr. McBroom, my name is Brother Hiles. I'm pastor of First Baptist Church. When I said that, he began to weep. He said, could you come back tonight? And I said, why? He said, my wife has gone to an attorney's. She's leaving me tonight. Could you come back tonight? There's a beautiful flock Christmas tree standing there in presence under the tree. And I said, I will come back tonight. That night about 7.30, I knocked on the door, rang the doorbell again. They came to the door. <laughs> I introduced myself, talked to them for a while, took out the word of God and told them the wonderful story of love. Tell it to me again. Wonderful story of love. Wake the immortal strain. Angels with rapture announce it. And shepherds with wonder receive it. And sinner, oh, won't you believe it? Wonderful story of love. And I told him the story of Christ. The greatest story ever told. I asked him if we would kneel and pray. We knelt to pray. I knelt in the middle. Mr. Broom knelt on one side and she knelt on the other side. I began to pray. While I prayed, I felt something on my cheek, a wet something. It felt like a piece of liver, though I'd never felt a piece of liver on my cheek. I looked up and looking me square in the eye was Cocker Spaniel Dog. <laughs> Betty Kirk used to be my secretary, and she used to say, I have Cocker Spaniel eyes, and so the two Cocker Spaniels viewed each other. The dog was on his knees beside me, putting his paws up on the sofa. Mr. McBroom on one side, Mr. McBroom on the other, and I was kneeling in the middle. And I suddenly began to realize that the dog was licking me, that I had to do something about that dog. For if that dog began to lick them, it get them out of the spirit, and the dog caused their trouble, they wouldn't get saved, and their eternal life depended on what I did with that dog. So quickly I grabbed him by the neck. There's a pillow, one of those square pillows, you know, with a button in the middle that was there on the sofa. And I took that dog's neck and I stuck his nose in that pillow. And like all dogs do, he fought for freedom. And I sought for captivity. And I, I squeezed his neck. And I put his, put his nose in the pillow all the time I was praying. Dear Lord, help Mr. Bruin to know that you love him. And I was all the time I was squeezing that dog and his pillow, had the neck, his nose in the pillow. And suddenly, he went limp. I would owe my soul. Here's a couple going to get saved, and the first thing they're going to find out after they get saved is I killed their dog. What will I do? I, I, I let him on the grip. He didn't move. He never moved. Had his paws up like this, and his nose in the pillow, lifeless. When I finished praying, they prayed. Both of them received Christ. They were sweetly and happily converted. The dog did not die. I simply scared him half to death. He did not die. As I walked out of the house that night, the dog was still kneeling there at the sofa. The street light was right in front of the house in the flock tree. And that man and woman who just received Christ as Savior embraced each other over the Christmas presents and in front of the tree. As I looked through, I said, that's Christmas. 
Two people just received Christ as Savior. And the dog still thinking about it. That's a beautiful story. I told that story one year later. As I do every Christmas. I told that story one year later. When the old building over here burned years ago. The old building. Mr. McBroom was sitting right in the balcony up here. Mr. McBroom right in the balcony. And I finished telling the story. As I told it to you this morning. The service ended. He came down to the altar and said, why didn't you tell the rest of the story? And I said, I've told all the story I know. He said, that isn't all of it. He said, it was 8 o'clock when we got saved. We knelt better pray at 8 o'clock. He said, Pastor, the next night at 8 o'clock, our cocker spaniel dog went to the living room and put his paws up there at the same place on the sofa and put his nose in that pillow. Stayed there and prayed for several minutes. He said, my wife and I were amazed. After it finished, he got down and the next night, he said, Pastor, I don't mean 7.30 or 8.30, I mean 8. The next night, that dog went to the sofa, put his paws up on the sofa and put his, he'd get the pillow and pull the pillow where it's supposed to be. And put his nose in the pillow. He said, Pastor, he said, for one week, I, that dog did that. And one night, he said, I looked at my wife. He said, look at that. We got saved. The dog got more living than we have. We don't kneel there and pray. He said, my wife and I knelt beside that dog. He said, Pastor, it's been one year now. And every night, that dog at 8 o'clock goes to that pillow. And my wife and I kneel beside him. Maybe that's Christmas. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's getting so much Christianity a dog even knows about it. By the way, that dog's got more Christianity like your kids have. Maybe. Maybe that's it. I mean, maybe. And yet, I don't think we get really completely hit it in the bullseye. Yes. Yes, it's holly, and yes, it's mistletoe, and yes, it's giving, and yes, it's sharing, and yes, it's loving, and yes, it's a Christmas tree, and, and yes, it's shopping, and yes, it's light at night, and yes, it's joy of the world, and yes, it's all of those things. But yes, I don't think we get completely hit it. What is Christmas? I'll tell you a story I usually tell to little children. Little children love it. And in that story, I believe I can tell you what Christmas is. It was the city of London, the country of England. It was Christmas Eve night. It was getting late at night, nine o'clock or so. A little cold, ragged boy walked down the streets of London with his coat pulled up around his neck, shivering. And tears streaming down his cheeks like it'll happen so many times in Chicago next week. He heard singing from the houses. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Joy of the world, the Lord has come. Wishing he had a house to be in that night. As so many people will wish. Next Sunday and next Saturday night. He looked at windows. He saw food on the table and presents and trees and laughter he heard 
and singing he heard. He wished he had a place. The little boy was in downtown soon. In a place, some has an effort to find a place to hide or a place to be warm to get away from the chilly breezes of a, of a freezing winter night. The little boy went up in the alcove of a little store, storefront where the shoes of the clothing usually is displayed in the window. And he got up close to the door and tried to get a place where the wind which could, which could break the wind and pulled his coat around him and went off to sleep on Christmas Eve night. Wake up, son! Wake up, son! He heard as he looked up and saw a tall man, an old man, with white hair and a smile on his face, standing. He was frightened. Why is it I've done anything? And the old man looked down and said, Son, it's Christmas Eve night, and you're lonely and cold and hungry. He said, Son, how would you like to have what everybody else has tonight? And he said, I'd like to have it. And the old man said, follow these instructions. He said, go a block down the street and turn left and go to the street called Mulberry Lane. You got that, son? <laughs> yes, sir. Go a block this way and turn left and come to the street called Mulberry Lane. He said, when you get to Mulberry Lane, turn right. And you go to a house. And there'll be a number on the house when you come to this number. 316 Mulberry Lane. 316 Mulberry Lane. He said, stop there and go up and ring the doorbell or knock on the door. He said, you got it? Yes. I'll go down a block here, turn left and go to Mulberry Lane. Turn right, go to 316 Mulberry Lane. Go up and knock on the door. That's right. Now he said, son, a tall man's going to come to the door. He's going to ask you some questions. Now, son, don't you say anything. Don't you tell him your name. Don't you tell him where you live. Don't you tell him what you want. Don't you tell him anything. But one thing, anything he asks you, you just say these words. John 3, 16. That's all you say. And this is a true story. Little boy ran quickly. A block and turned left. Ran down the Mulberry Lane and turned right as fast as little feet could take him. He went down to his found 316, a two-story house, a big house. He walked up and nervously knocked on the door. And soon the big door opened. And the old man stood looking down. And <laughs> said, son, may I help you please? And the little boy looked up and said, John 316. Son, who sent you here? John 3.16. What right do you have to come in? John 3.16. How long do you plan to stay? John 3.16. The door was open wider. And the boy came in. Boy, anybody can come in on John 3.16. The boy came in. The old man said, son, I want to show you something. He took him upstairs and showed a big bathtub. And he said, it's time to take a warm bath. Would you like to take a bath? And the boy said, John 3, 16. The boy got in that warm bath water. First time he had a warm bath in a long time. But he had to put back on the dirty clothes. 
So the old man came in with some fresh, clean underwear and fresh, clean clothing and said, Son, would you like to wear this? And he said, John 3, 16. The boy put on some nice, clean clothes. And the old man said, Son, I want to show you something. Would you like to see a pretty Christmas tree that's all yours? John 3, 16. He took it in and showed him a Christmas tree and gifts out of the tree. And there were several gifts, and all the gifts were written to John 3, 16. The boy opened the gifts and, and, uh, and, uh, and delighted. It's the first time he'd ever had a Christmas like that. He never dreamed when he laid down the rest there outside the door of the old store downtown that he'd be having a nice warm bath and nice clean new clothes and presents with his own uh, for him personally. Never dreamed. And the fellow said, son, how do you feel? And he said, John 3.16. And he took him in. There was a table laden with all kinds of food. He said, son, are you hungry? John 3.16. He sat down and ate the best meal he had in his life. And then the old man took him to a warm bed. He said, son, how would you like to have a good night's sleep in a warm bed? Little boy's head had not nestled on a warm pillow, a clean pillow for a long time. His little body had not rested inside cover for a long time. Little boy snuggled up in bed, looked up to the old man and said, I'm so thankful for John 3, 16. I think I found the answer. I think I found what Christmas is. Christmas is John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever in hell should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what Christmas is. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.